The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And the Royals get the W they had to have tonight after dropping game one and facing Dallas Keuchel tomorrow as KC uses some more late game mojo. With that bullpen leading the charge, they walk off 2-1 to one in 10 innings over the Astros thanks to Danny Duffy, the bullpen, Paulo Orlando, and Alcides Escobar. As is Davo on another great edition of Clubhouse Conversation, your dish. It's great because KC came out on top and we're going to preview tomorrow, by the way. We'll talk about the Keuchel versus Yordano Ventura matchup. My thoughts on Ventura coming back tomorrow. All that coming up here in five or six minutes. But let's start by getting right to tonight's game and beginning with our player of the game. And there were several candidates tonight for the Royals. You could have gone with the guys who had a couple of hits each who really got that 10th inning going, obviously, in Paulo Orlando with the hit and the delayed steal. You could have gone with Alcides Escobar, his second hit of the game, uh, plated the winning run in Orlando. You could go with those couple of guys. The bullpen was great. But I'm going with Danny Duffy tonight, who earns his third player of the game of the season on Clubhouse Conversation by tossing six innings again. That's the fifth straight start for Danny Duffy of six innings or more for the Royals. An ERA just a shade over two since he came off of the D. One run on three hits in the six innings for Duffy. Struck out three, walked just one. And I thought that was very impressive. The pitch counts, you know, were obviously elevated. 101 pitches for Duffy in six innings. Those 69 were strikes. So a nice job of pounding the strike zone at nearly a 70% clip tonight for Duffy, making high-quality pitches as well. And I thought that was even more impressive. And, and the pitch count was elevated because of home plate umpire Trip Gibson, who to me didn't have the most favorable uh, strikes on tonight for both pitchers. So a, a further tip of the cap, even more so to Duffy. Five ground outs, five fly outs, a few Ks. And it wasn't just Duffy. And early on, I was a hair nervous the first couple of innings. Duffy had great fastball command from the onset. But the breaking ball, he could not repeat his delivery until about the fourth, fifth, sixth innings. Maybe a couple of them in the third. Then he spun some beauties up there in the fourth, fifth, and sixth did Duffy. Once he had that going, it became easy. He settled in and looked really good and continues to become the pitcher and and, and regain his form from last year. Become the pitcher that we know he will be and can be. And has been. I mean, last year... One of the top seven or eight left-handed pitchers in all of baseball, starting-wise, was Duffy. So give him a huge tip of the cap, and when you look forward down the stretch into the playoffs, knowing that you have Volquez Duffy established, the one and two. Volquez for sure, and Duffy's looking more and more like he could be that guy who gets back to the form we saw a summer ago and gets back to the point where the Royals can really count on him every five days. Now, something else they can count on every night is the bullpen. Four innings of two-hit ball tonight for the Royals' bullpen. No walks, two Ks. So just two base runners and four innings for Matson, Davis, Holland, and Herrera. And there was some help there defensively from the most underrated play of the game that probably nobody will talk about. Top of the eighth inning, two outs, nobody on. A sure triple if Gerard Dyson, who doesn't get back and, and catch the ball that Jose Altuve cracked off of Wade Davis in a first pitch fastball. Dyson one step shy of the fence and a dead sprint, catches the ball, goes right into the fence, holds on, and that saves the Royals a triple, and who knows what could have happened there after that because Altuve can fly. That's definitely a three-bagger there. But Dyson made that great play, and you thought the Royals might at that point, you know, get the you know the, the the lead running run in there in the bottom of the eighth. Didn't happen for a couple innings later, but that was a great play for 
uh, dice them. But that wasn't even close to the best play of the night. For as great of a play as that was, my goodness. Carlos Correa. I mean, what, SportsCenter is so 2005, right? But, I mean, MLB Network is where it's at, obviously. But that's an SC top 10 play. That's an SC top 3 play. I'm sure the no-hitter today will get the top bill. But, I mean, that's probably, I mean, I didn't watch highlights tonight, but that's got to be the second best play of the day, doesn't it? Especially the the magnitude of the situation for a 20-year-old at shortstop and Carlos Correa. Uh, First and third for the Royals. I mean, Alex Rios is up. First pitch, swinging. And let's backtrack and reset that whole situation up for you. So you have a two-out triple from Eric Hosmer in the ninth inning off of Pat Neshek, right? After Moose had had an extremely impressive nine-pitch at bat against Neshek, lined out to deep right field. So one out, then you have a strikeout of Morales. uh, But then Hosmer, opposite field, misses the home run by a foot. Maybe less. Will Harris comes in and out of the bullpen. Salvador Perez, let's not overlook his at bat either. Gets down on the count one and two, finds a way to pass the baton on, draws the walk. First and third, two outs against Harris with Rios coming up. First pitch swinging at at that cutter at 92. A ground ball that I thought was through, first of all, when the ball was first hit by Rios. Deep in the hole, going to his right. Correa, first of all, gets to it. Somehow is athletic enough to jump while in the air and throw a complete BB to first base to get Alex Rios by a step and send the game into extra innings for the Astros. Enormous play by Correa, whose bat is scary good. I think he could be the next Mike Trout as as far as ambassadors to the game of baseball and a guy that can kind of join Trout on that big stage. There's a number of guys coming up in the game right now, which is exciting to see. And the Royals even have a guy who I think should be getting uh, a couple guys, but one in particular, Lorenzo Cain, perhaps Perez, who could be types of ambassadors for the game as well the next few years. So it's exciting to see baseball having all these stars, but my gosh, that was a hell of a play by Correa, wasn't it, to keep this game going? But the Royals wouldn't be denied, ultimately. Nice strike him out, throw him out in the top of the 10th, gets him to the bottom of the 10th, Herrera through that top of the 10th. You get a one-out single from Orlando, a play that probably should have been made by Chris Carter at first base that most first basemen make. But it evens out. you got a shortstop out there, maybe four or five shortstops in the entire game, maybe make that play against Rios to keep the game going. So it kind of evens out. The Royals get it back there with Carter, not so nimble and not so great defensively over there at first base. Orlando shoots the ball the opposite way and then swipes second in the delayed steal. And you know it. Escobar dumps the bloop in front of Colby Rasmus in right field for the walk-off. The Royals move to 58-38, and 38, back to 20 over 500. They're back to 6.5 up on the Twins. The Astros drop to 55-44, and 44, and with the Angels currently leading, looks like the Astros will fall back a game in the AL West. That'll be quite the, the battle down the stretch, that division will, between the Angels and Astros. Hopefully the Royals will not have a battle on their hands in the Central. I'm hoping the Royals can just maintain this lead and perhaps grow it a bit going into late August and perhaps even have a bit of a cakewalk the last couple of weeks of September. That would be the ideal situation. You know, get guys healthy, get the pitching lined up, get give guys a look that you want to see. So that would be the ideal situation. But again, cart before the horse. Let's just enjoy this one and keep winning them game by game. Two hits a piece tonight, by the way, for Orlando and Escobar. So nice job by them. And both teams had about three or four balls completely stung to the warning tracks that on another day or another park could have potentially gone out of the park. So it was just a well-played game tonight. Both teams made some great defense, like I said. There was great pitching. Scott Feldman, give him a lot of credit. Dealing mid-60s through six innings pitch-wise for Feldman and Give him credit. I mean, I 
don't understand why the Royals couldn't do anything against them. I know it was 15 plus innings. The Royals went without scoring after getting shut out last night and first six, he was just dealing, but good to see them break through with the sack fly by Perez after they kind of had bad luck on the ground with double from Morales and Royals get it done tonight. So tomorrow afternoon, you've got Dallas Keuchel and Jordano Ventura in the rubber game of this series. Now, Keuchel's coming off of seven shutout innings against the Rangers, where he struck out 13. And if you remember, before the Royals saw him last time on June 30th, his outing before that, he'd struck out, what, 16 against the Yankees, I believe it was? So two outings in a row, he faces the Royals coming off of huge strikeout games. Last time, it didn't turn out well on June 30th for KC, as Keuchel threw eight shutout innings on seven hits with seven Ks and no walks. Hopefully, better tomorrow. We already know there'll be no Hosmer and Moose tomorrow getting the days off there. Will those two? We'll see Chesler Cuthbert over at third base. We'll see Kendris Morales, Manning first. DH-wise, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do there tomorrow, but we shall see what the Royals end up doing with the lineup tomorrow. But we do know the Hosmer and Moose, according to U.S., will not be in the lineup tomorrow. It's just as well. Keuchel 12-4 with a 2-1-2. Insanely tough against anybody, especially lefties, obviously. Now, Yordano Ventura, 4-7 with a 5-1-9. And a guy that is just like Danny Duffy at least Danny Duffy a month ago, where you knew the Royals had to get him going. You knew the potential. And, and he, he, you know, he's already shown on the biggest stage in Game 6 of the World Series and throughout last year that he'd already done it at the Major League level. You know he can do it again. You know he can replicate 2014 and, and even grow a lot more than that. I mean, we're not near the ceiling of your Donovan Tur yet, I don't believe. So a guy who you believe can turn it around any day now, any start now. But I've never been quite as confident in Ventura turning it around this year as I have Duffy. I just think Duffy is much more advanced much more advanced when it you know comes to adjusting, and his mental game is far beyond where, Duff, where uh, Ventura's at right now. So I'm not thrilled with the Royals starting him after sending him down. Of course, they sent him down in order to keep Joe Blanton for the roster flexibility, and as fate would have it, then you have Jason Vargas needing Tommy John, which, of course, was horrible, bad break for the Royals. And I thought they'd, they'd slide in Joe Blanton in this spot and go with either Finnegan, Brooks, Marriott, Pino, one of those guys as your long guy, just for the next week. I thought Blanton gets one start tomorrow. And then by next time through the rotation, you have the starter you acquire at the deadline. I believe the Royals will get a starter, by the way. I believe that is going to happen. I believe they will go out and get a starting pitcher as well as a veteran utility infielder. If it's not Ben Zobrist, it'll be a utility infielder. It could be Zobrist, but it's probably too much for him. Going to be a, a guy who's a veteran guy that can play multiple infield positions and hit a little bit and play some defense. The Royals will get that guy. I believe that. And a starting pitcher, no matter what. But anyway, I digress. Ventura is here. Didn't even ever literally didn't even drive to Omaha. Never left Kansas City. Louis Medina was going to drive with him on a Wednesday, and he got the news he was staying before that. So literally, I mean, I've heard some people say, "Well, maybe he, you know, it'll be the Mustakis thing last year, and he'll turn it around." I hope so. But Moose actually went down, albeit for what, like ten days, eight days, something like that. At least he went down and played with Omaha for a while. I mean, Ventura didn't even leave town, so I don't know if it's quite the same thing. But let's hope so. Let's hope it's a wake-up call or whatever you want to call it. I just, I just fingers crossed he throws well tomorrow. The last thing the Royals need is Ventura to get uh, another tough outing, and he's coming off of one. Four innings, six runs on 10 hits versus the Pirates on the 20th of this month. Before that, five innings, three runs against Tampa. So uh, a bad outing and a so-so outing, and uh, that's kind of been what it's been throughout this year for Ventura. So you hope he comes out, throws a good game. That would be the optimal situation, and you can say, okay, we dodged a bolt there. It worked, well, it worked out well. But he comes out, lays an egg tomorrow. Then what do you do? You're going to sit him down again for the second time in a week? Let's hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope we don't find out. Let's hope for the best from Ventura. Obviously, you have to like the Astros with Keiko going tomorrow, but it's baseball. 
Anything is possible. I'm excited to see you out at the K tomorrow afternoon. We'll have it for you again on Clubhouse Conversation. Have yourself a great night and enjoy this. Go Royals!